War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code. Get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight-service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at lawndoctor.com. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It is Thursday, and the weather is slowly getting better. You just heard in the forecast, Thursday, May 12th. Um, something to watch, and I, I want to tell you something, an interesting dynamic that I think is taking place right now. First of all, this portion of the program is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day. Stop into Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Trump 2024 chocolate donuts. Let's go Brandon chocolate donuts. Delicious calzones, pies, delicious sandwiches, the freshest calzones. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day. Just put that into your GPS. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence ron's pastry gourmet where everything is baked fresh they're open tuesday through saturday from seven in the morning till two o'clock in the afternoon they're waiting for you at ron's pastry gourmet well what i think is um is interesting and that is uh, a couple dynamics on this thursday one is of you know they try to figure out what what's going to be the a voting issue what's what's going to be uh, a voting issue because seemingly without question the democrat party feels that it doesn't matter the price of gas it doesn't matter inflation it doesn't matter that people don't think that biden is is up for the job what the democrat party seemingly thinks is that the only thing that people are going to vote on this fall is going to be what's coming out of the supreme court and roe v wade and i i i don't think that's the case because is as much as they want that to be absolutely to be the voting issue i'm not convinced of that there are other peripheral voting issues that are not good one is the business of the baby formula shortage listen to this piece from Good morning, America. As you know, this has been upsetting for so many families. We're getting an estimated timeline for millions of families facing this critical formula shortage. Abbott, one of the largest manufacturers of formula, now saying it could take up to 10 weeks to get its products back on store shelves. The company hoping to resume production when it restarts its plant in Michigan in about two weeks. If the FDA gives the green light, they say it will take another six to eight weeks to ship those products to stores. More than 40% of the nation's formula inventory has been out of stock the problem starting months ago with supply chain issues families with infants needing formula have been facing those bare shelves in stores the major retailers now limiting how much they can buy at a time the fda saying it is working with other manufacturers to boost supply and streamlining the process of importing formula from abroad a bit of relief on the horizon but as you know for these parents this cannot come soon enough you know the fact of the matter is you know that's gina raimondo that is Biden. This is going to be an issue. You're talking about infants that need to be fed. Infants that need to be fed. And how long have we been hearing about supply chain issues? And the problems out, you know, all those ships backed up at the port. Ramundo and Biden, what are they going to start blaming Trump now? You know, that is the type of story that people are going to be angry at and take at. Who are they going to take that out on? Whoever's in power. You know, as people talk about people want change, one thing we know is people definitely want to change with what's going on right now. And they can't hide from that. And the inflation numbers are embarrassing. But let's just be very, you know, listen, let's be honest. Biden doesn't have a clue what to do about trying to fix inflation. It's ludicrous. 
And as far as recession fears, I mean, that's an understatement. Listen to this piece. You know, that is another thing that is going to play into. I I just don't see it anything other than a complete disaster right now with the Biden administration. You know, and it even, as I've talked about, it really begins and ends right at the gas pump. The gas pumps are such an indicator of where things are right now with people. I want to play this piece about the national... um, average right now on gasoline that's going to impact this summertime that's going to impact this summertime and whether it's governor mckee with all this spending or biden this is ridiculous the price of gas right now certainly not good at this manhattan mobile six dollars and 19 cents for a gallon of regular that's the same as it was yesterday and nationally this morning the average has inched up just one and a half cents it's four dollars and 41 cents on average across the country right now which is maybe a slight increase it's still a record high and looking at this big picture gas prices have climbed an astronomical 46.9 percent since the pandemic prices last year now this new government inflation report showed in general prices are up 8.3 percent compared to a year ago that is a slight slowdown from last month when prices were up 8.5 percent this was the first inflation decline actually that we've seen in eight months but this is still near a 40-year high we're talking about and it was less of a decrease than experts expected the biggest contributors are in areas that are impacting a whole lot of us we're talking about shelter and rent prices food airline fares and new vehicles too groceries specifically are up 10.8 percent in the past year everyone's noticing that eggs are up nearly 23 percent chickens up more than 16 percent milk is up nearly 15 percent now this report does signal we may have now hit the peak of inflation but there's still some concerns to work through as prices particularly with food and energy have continued to climb you know this goes also into the fact that you know the green new deal and biden they declared war wrongly on on the oil companies and this whole you know push that the democrats have pushed this is this is biden following progressive policies that's that's who's to blame here that's who's at fault no one believes that this has anything to do with putin as much as the Biden administration tries to say that. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show, hey, it's definitely grilling season. Stop it and see my friends Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. When's the last time you got a new grill? What a beautiful selection they have. Whether it's a gas grill, electric uh, grill, charcoal, located 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. You can call them at 401-949-7800. Now, they have all appliances. And on top of that, family-run business. They've been in business since 1963. You're going to deal directly with the owner, and they will match or beat 
any package deal. Shop local, unbelievable, beautiful selection. Maybe it's a new refrigerator or a dishwasher or a stove. Or maybe, you know, maybe you need a new microwave or a washing machine or a dryer. But especially the grills right now. They have a great selection. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. You can find them on Facebook. And they also have a very easy to navigate website, which is jsappliance.com. You can also, they're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. And you can make an appointment to see them on a Saturday or Sunday. Maybe you say, you know, uh, I, w- I definitely need a new grill or I want to get a package of of appliances. So I'm going to make an appointment for Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. And that's our set time. Jay's Broadway Appliance, but I like it, folks. Pull right up to the front door, 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5 in Smithfield. So it is the John DePietro Show, folks. As always, visit our website, DePietro.com. That was incredible work by um, the uh, Warwick Police you know, it's not every day that someone robs a bank and then they're, uh, the guy's literally like across the street. So check it out. Um, the story is on the website to Petro.com, which is brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977, lunch, dinner, drinks, and lounge. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Now, closer to home, you know, Governor McKee, his when you think about it, he has cut back on uh, press conferences. Governor McKee has cut back on media appearances. Everything with him, uh, his administration, I should say, is they just try to throw money at a problem. And, the, the you know, a problem with that is that is not someone who is equipped to deal with some of the challenges that are going to be coming because he's been living in this this fantasy land. He's been living in this fantasy land of you know the states had two billion dollars with the amount of money that's been flowing in so that's normally not how you do it and look at how you know you have a problem with homeless and landlords and governor mckee's idea is let's give all the landlords a three thousand dollar bonus it worked with the teachers it worked with the state workers we'll just give it you know his thing is to give everybody three thousand dollars now homeless advocates planning a rally they want more emergency shelters hundreds to be evicted from winter shelters you know here's the problem this um in different parts of the country especially out in california i think it's very interesting there's someone running for governor of california and and they're not allowing what they they call the you can't do any camping because that just permeates the homeless problem when you allow someone to just set up a tent on some land riverbanks parks wherever they're supposed to be you you're you're that's the beginning of the problem because that becomes their home something needs to be done about it of course no one talks about the fact that all the illegals that are taking up so much of the low-income housing you go into parts of providence and Pawtucket years ago that would have been families in there never mind if you have a three-bedroom apartment you could have various individuals i mean listen i recognize that everybody wants a roommate situation but if you have your room and you're down on your luck and it's better than just sleeping out at a park somewhere or sleeping in an alley or a shelter or whatever the situation may be. But no one talks about the fact that, you know, they'll they'll have seven or eight illegals taking up a three bedroom apartment and they're paying cash. And the landlords know that, by the way. But you 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 can't this business that, you know, the homeless, you have to find them a place. So much of this is is revolving around drugs it just is you know people you say mental illness i think it's really it's drugs and people that have been um involved with this you know anyone i interview and they talk about that there was a period of time that they were homeless more often nine times out of ten they say because there were drugs involved i mean there's something wrong with people sleeping in their car don't get me wrong but it's it's really the homeless problem is tied in with the drug problem and many times those same people will say they they ne- that one of the reasons they became homeless is they they never wanted to be too far away from where they were obtaining drugs. So if it meant sleeping on a bench, sleeping in an alley, sleeping somewhere near where that you know they're not commuting an hour each way. It's they want to be very close to where they want to get the drugs. Drugs seemingly drug problems lead to homelessness. Um, and I'm sure if you if you're if you have a drug problem. 
and then you're out on the street, I think that also leads to mental illness in a way that, you know, of course, it's not uh, healthy for you mentally to be in that situation. So I believe that it all ties in and something. But this business, they, they want it. This, it's never enough for the, quote, the homeless advocates. You know, I, I question all of those people, like the ones at the, the Nilo Hotel. But they're basically like all unemployed for the most part. They're unemployed and they expect the state to find them a place to live. But you can't allow the outside camping because that's that's not a solution. I, that's it's you could argue if that's not even a band-aid that's just permeating the problem that's not solving the problem all right so a lot more ahead and folks but this i believe inflation is going to be the deciding factor with the elections ahead you're listening much more ahead you're listening to the john DePietro show you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is dipetro.com. Joining us right now, it's time for our legal segment. He is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He's our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, we have been uh, talking about the name Nathan Carmen for several years now, actually, since the story broke. Uh, just to remind people, this was a story. There were certainly rumors about this family and about him after his grandfather was apparently murdered. The family's uh, certainly of means. And then uh, the story came into Rhode Island, where he and his mom would apparently went on a cruise. And what really brought this uh, story front and center was when Nathan Carmen went to collect the insurance on the boat. And they started to question that he was actually sinking it. And then his story was they went out to sea and something happened with his mom and she went overboard. And, uh, and then suddenly now, Tim Dodd. You know, they obviously never gave up on the case. And now here it is in 2022. And um, it sounds like they feel finally that they have a very strong legal case against Nathan Carmen. Yes, this is a case that's been going on and on, I think, since 2016, when um, Nathan um, Carmen and his mom were on the boat that ultimately sank. Um Nathan has been indicted, meaning this case went in front of a grand jury, although the report out in the indictment is that there's a belief that he killed his grandfather, with yep. a shot, I believe a shotgun, and that he killed his mother, murdered her. He's only been charged with mom's murder, not grandfather's murder. When the grandfather was uh, found um, murdered, um, I guess the investigation showed that Nathan was the last person in the granddad's presence that anyone knows of. Nathan's the grandson. Now, Nathan had bought a uh, gun of the same type that was used to um, kill the grandfather. When Nathan was questioned about it, he said he had lost the gun. He doesn't own it anymore. He doesn't know what happened to it. That's unfortunate. Well, yeah. And um, <laughs> he also... Um, deleted or destroyed um, the GPS, I believe, that was in his phone right. so that they couldn't track him. He kind of wiped his um, computer of past information. Um, mm. I believe the reports are that this young man is on the Asperger's spectrum, but he's pretty smart. He's pretty calculated. Yeah. Um but maybe not as smart as he thinks. When right. he was on trial for um, insurance money for his yep. boat, I recall you and I talking at the time saying, yeah. the guy's a fool. He's going to be testifying under oath yep. as to what happened out there. If he had kept his mouth shut, that's right. how often do we say, keep your All mouth shut? Don't yep. try to come up with a story. So he comes up with this absurd story about how the boat goes down. Even the judge was questioning, like, what? This oh. happened how? Um, so he is under oath, and he basically uh, paved the way for uh, the prosecutors to scour the transcript of that trial, his testimony under oath. And I'm sure all of that material went in before the grand jury. Here, read this guy's testimony in federal court. Remember, John, he was chasing $85,000 yep. in insurance money. Right. Had he kept his mouth shut, hmm. he wouldn't get the eighty-five k. 
but he would stand to get $7 million. Right. Because he steps in the shoes of his mom, wow. who would get a quarter share of the grandfather's $28 million or so estate. So I don't know if it's greed or stupidity or just the arrogance and hubris of a young man who thinks that he's outfoxed the system. Yeah. Remember, when the, the boat goes down, he had made some quote-unquote repairs things that made it easier for uh, water to infiltrate uh, the boat. So they get out there uh, past Block Island into Block Island Canyon, where apparently there's good fishing. The yeah. boat's in trouble. The boat's yeah. sinking. He did, his quote, which I'll never forget, was, I treated my mother like a passenger. She was more of a problem than a solution. Right. So that's what he thought of mom. Wow. And so the boat's going down. He tells mother to pull in the lines or something. Meanwhile, he's making sure that the lifeboat that they had, which was stocked with, I believe, enough food for two people for seven days, he's getting that thing ready to go. He says he turns around and mom's gone. Now, the judge says, "Did you? why don't you tell your mother, hey, mom, abandoned ship, get in the boat. Right. Well, I don't, know how, I don't know how long the boat was going to stay afloat. Why don't you call the Coast Guard? There wasn't yeah. enough time. A boat like his and most boats have something called, I think I'm saying it right, an EPIRB, which I don't know what it's an acronym for. But you press that button, which lets the Coast Guard and everyone else know that you're in distress. And that beacon will continue um, signaling, I believe, for up to like 24 hours. He didn't do that. He didn't do anything to alert people where he was or what was going on. So now he allegedly sits in this lifeboat for seven days before some fishing vessel or commercial boat picks him up. And they said he didn't look like a guy who'd been on the open water in a lifeboat for seven days. He looked pretty well preserved. He didn't look like he had been through seven days at sea. Who knows how long the boat had gone down? Who knows right. how the mother met um, her death? They've never found her body. They'll never find her body. When yeah. a body um, is exposed in the open ocean like that, I mean, there's, there's ocean life, which is going right. to feed on her, and there would be nothing left. Um, they, I don't believe they recovered the boat. Maybe they did, but he explained exactly how he made modifications to the boat the judge found that his conduct was negligent and a contributing factor to the boat going down, which barred him recovering the 85K under the boat insurance contract. It's nice that he's been indicted. I think anyone who looks at this case with a level head has to at least suspect that he was complicit in his mother's death right. and that it was something more than negligence. Yes. That it's something criminal. However, yeah. a, as we said many times, prosecutors will say there's a difference between what I know and what I can prove. Right. And I think they're going to have a heck of a time proving criminal intent, uh, whether he had a, pre, a premeditated um, state of mind that he wanted to off the mother when they were out there in the middle of nowhere with no witnesses. Um, that it wasn't simply a case of negligence. Uh, I think it's going to be very hard to prove the crime of murder on the high seas. I think there may be an easier time proving some of the fraud allegations that he brought a sure. fraudulent claim regarding the boat and other fraudulent claims for insurance proceeds, but those are the yep. small potatoes. If he were to be convicted, um, for um, first-degree murder and or murder on the high seas. That's life, and it could be life without the possibility of parole. But this guy's a pretty cool customer, and I don't think he is going to confess or to no. plead to anything. I don't no think way. he's going to admit a thing. He's yep. going to force the um, federal government to prosecute him, and this will be a yeah. federal prosecution. I don't wow. I, I don't see how, based on what we know today, how they would ever get a murder conviction on this guy. And Tim John, he is a means, so he certainly could afford, if he chooses that way, but uh, well, actually, he certainly, right? 
No, actually, the money that he oh. would get from his mother's estate, right. um, his aunts are contesting it in oh, the okay. probate court. So, so he, he doesn't have access to his potential seven okay. million because wow. the aunts are saying he can't. You can't get money from an estate if you kill the decedent who is going to leave you money in order to get their money. You can't get okay. that. And mm-hmm. my understanding from what we're learning about this is he's being represented by the federal public defender's office. Wow. <laughs> are you are you surprised that uh, the the judge at this point they have not granted him bail? Well, it's it's a first degree murder charge, so that's a mm. capital case, and bail is discretionary. And the question is: Is he a danger to the community, and is he a risk of flight? Yeah. Um, is he a danger? Well, only for his heirs at law, from whom he might yeah. inherit money. Right, is only he a, his family. And is he a flight risk? Um, I don't know if he's got a passport or not. I don't know if it would be surrendered. Um, it seems to me it's a bailable case. His attorneys could argue that since 2016, whatever happened out there in the middle of the ocean, he's not mm-hmm. been involved in any further criminal conduct. So it seems to me he'd get some sort of modified bail at some point. Mm-hmm. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Attorney Tim Dodd, our legal expert, right here on the John DePietro Show. a problem with your heating system call re coogan heating today 401 732 6562 24-hour emergency service gas boiler oil burner coogan heating 401 732 6562 they're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 401- 732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. Speaking with our legal expert, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, just curious, your thought, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence, he uh, had some comments about how over the course of the weekend, these protesters now starting to go to the homes of the justices. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that as the police start to go out there, that there's there's some kind of lore about that. I'm just curious, as an officer of the court, your thoughts of that and, and how is that maybe looked upon within the legal community? My understanding is there's already federal legislation on the books that it is a crime. It's a felony if you attempt to intimidate a judge in order to get that judge to change his or her opinion. Hmm. Now, what's going on out there is despicable as most folks might find it. Um, whether Whatever side of this abortion issue you're on, the notion of going to the home of a political elected official or to a judge to intimidate them clearly and to try to get them to do what you want, right. essentially by mob rule, right. is, I think, a very disturbing development. Yep. Now, I don't think it's going to shake the um, legal reasoning of the judges who are in favor of overturning Roe. But as to the protesters, if someone is out by the judge's house holding up a sign saying, I support a woman's right to choose, I don't think that violates the law because that's a statement of belief. You're not saying change your vote on row or we're going to firebomb your house or we're going to do something to your family or we're going to something like that. A threat to say, 
if you don't do what we want, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm. So, you know, the, the Biden administration is saying, well, political protest is something we have a long uh, tradition of engaging in. And that's a true statement. Yep. I think what's happening out at these um, the homes of these justices is right on the line. But from what we've seen on the TV screens or read in print media, um, I don't know that there's any threats that are being thrown around. There's statements of belief. I support a woman's right to choose. Keep your hands off my body. You know, all the typical slogans and signs that you see at these types of rallies. I'm not sure that technically violates the law. And I think that's probably why no one has, uh, I don't believe, been arrested uh, for that purpose, because I'm sure they would like to um, create a show trial to prove the point that this is not a violation of the law, what's going on. I think that there should be stronger legislation to make it more difficult to do these things, no matter which side of the political aisle you're on, no matter who you're um, protesting against. It seems to be more the left that goes out with these pseudo-angry, pseudo-militant yes. um, protests. Right. Yep. And if we devolve into rule by the mob versus the reasoning of judges or the good judgment or bad judgment of politicians, then we're in real trouble. Yeah. Folks, again, we're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I did actually speak with Big Tuna, uh, Derek, who's the motorcycle gang, and he told me that I think he's told me he was I, I met him through someone that he was locked up at the ACI. This was the motorcycle gang. And he said, I think he said Jack Cicilline, the father, looked at the evidence and told him, pack your bags. You're going home. And now it looks like the Rhode Island Supreme Court has upheld the suppression of the wiretap evidence in that motorcycle gang arrest. Well, the Supreme Court got it right. And yep. the um, Superior Court judge, Judge Vogel, got it right. Um you know, the law is the law, and sometimes applying the law um, results in things that perhaps a large segment of the population doesn't like. I'm sure lots of people would like to see um, the prosecution against these alleged motorcycle gang members who were allegedly engaged in felonious conduct face the consequences. But if you're going to have rule of law be your standard, what happened here is correct. The law regarding wiretaps requires the presiding justice of the superior court to sign the warrant, the search warrant. And in the absence of the presiding judge, the first senior associate can all, is also authorized by statute to, to execute the appropriate um, sign off on the warrant, the search warrant. Here, wow. the presiding judge was sidelined um, due to illness and the PJ thought it was inappropriate for her number two to sign the warrant because that judge would clearly be the judge who would ultimately be hearing the case if it went to trial. So there could be a conflict. So in a good faith effort to avoid a conflict, the, uh, the presiding justice went to the next senior judge and said, you can sign by designation. Well, that was a good faith error. Um, the PJ did not have the authority by statute to do anything but either sign off as the presiding judge or direct it to go to the most senior associate. The PJ didn't have the, the right under the statute, even though it was in total good faith, to delegate that um, right and that duty to another justice of the um, superior court. That's what Judge Vogel found at, at uh, when the suppression hearing was held. That's what the Supreme Court found that um, the judge got it right uh, in suppressing the evidence, and that guts the case. And um, the tuna there, he was in wonderful hands because Jack Cicilline is and always has been one of the top criminal defense lawyers in the state. He, he, knew, he knew what he was looking at. Yeah, he, he knew he had them, and he played out the hand um, very effectively. Wow. Uh, before we go to the break, Tim Dodd, what about staying local? This story, Rhode Island man seeks release from prison. 27 years for murder, didn't fire the gun. 
So what, what is your read on this story? Well, he's relying on the Second Chance Act, uh, which yep. um, was largely touted. It's been on the books, but um, President Trump made a lot of that by having these rallies where he would bring up to the stage people who had um, gotten a second chance, who had gotten out of jail, who had reformed their lives largely while they were in jail and have been shown to have made something of themselves after getting out of prison. And the success stories are what we like to read about. And, you know, it's affirming the goodness of man and human nature and all those good things. The guy in Rhode Island who's attempting to get out was a member of the Latin Kings. He says he's an ex-member of the Latin Kings, that he has reformed his life. He's found God. He has been a uh, mentor and counseled younger people about staying away from a life of crime. He's taken courses. I think he got an associate's degree. He's done almost everything you can do while inside to try to uh, spiff up your resume, if, if you will. Uh, I think his last infraction within the prison system was, I believe, in 2015. So he hasn't been a perfect inmate, but yep. in the last, let's say, seven years, he's he's not been booked for anything serious uh, while he's been inside. The family of the murder victim opposes this guy getting released. Um, and one wonders, you know, are you ever really an ex-gang member? And if he were to release, be released back into Rhode Island, um, could he stay out of trouble? This is a discretionary um, decision um, for the judge who's hearing this matter uh, to make. 27 years is a long time. Um, you're right, this this gentleman apparently was not the guy that pulled the trigger, but he was at the scene and he was um, part of, I believe, the post-murder effort to uh, dispose of the body. Um, so he was pretty well involved in the crime. I'm, I'm just guessing that um, his petition will not be successful, um, most mostly because the family of the murder victim is pushing hard to see that this man not get out. Yeah. Um, on paper, he would be a pretty good candidate. He's touched all mm. the right bases, but it's still yep. discretionary. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of his future will depend on which judge in the federal court here in, in Rhode Island uh, gets the case. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Attorney Tim Dodder, legal expert right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim Dodd, the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial continues. She still needs to, uh, I believe, return to the stand. It's, we still have some ways to go with the trial here. Well, the the trial justice, the trial judge has announced that she expects this trial to wrap up on or before the uh, Memorial Day weekend. But you're right, John. Amber Heard is still on the stand and she's about to undergo cross-examination. That won't start till the week of the 16th. Um, there's been no trial activity this week because the trial judge has been out of town at some judicial conference or something of that nature. So Johnny Depp's team has had a week to sharpen their knives 
and to really fine tune their cross-examination. We don't know everything that Johnny Depp's team knows, but I know that when showing the uh, trial video highlights, there were certain answers that um, Amber Heard was giving that um, Johnny Depp's team was literally gleeful, uh, pumping their fists, smiling, nodding their heads. Now, sometimes lawyers do that for effect to let the jury know that, you know, uh uh-oh, Amber's saying something bad. Johnny's team, you know, smells blood in the water. Sometimes it's a fake out. Sometimes it's a behavior to let the jury think that you know something that maybe you don't know, but to give the perception that you're thrilled with her testimony because she's stepping in it. I, we won't really know until she undergoes cross-examination. So I think she's going to get beat up pretty good on cross by Johnny Depp's team. They seem to be much more artful in their cross-examination skills than Amber's team has demonstrated so far. But once we get rid of Amber from the stand, we wrap up her testimony. Um, Amber's team has, has Johnny Depp on the witness list. This is a civil case. So in a criminal case, the Johnny Depp could have said, I don't want to testify. In a civil case, he doesn't have that right. So if they want to call him, he's going to get up there and get a whole different series of questions from a different perspective um, than he got during his case. Now, he has been subjected to her team's cross-examination, but... As rehearsed as both of these people are, you can tell they've been rehearsed ad nauseum, the way they speak, their affect, their physical, you know, demeanor. They just didn't wake up and walk in the courtroom. This has been well planned and well rehearsed. Yep. When he's up there and now he's being asked questions again, he doesn't know quite where they're coming from. So it may not be as fluid uh, testimony as he had provided when he was originally up on the stand. The other witnesses that may come in are equally important. Um, One of the witnesses is Ellen Barkin. She's an actress who's been around for a long time. She she dated Johnny Depp, I guess, maybe back in the 90s. She claims that during a fight that he threw a wine bottle at her, which missed and smashed against the wall. Wow. That's going to be offered as corroboration that he has the propensity to get angry and violent. Um, they're going to call uh, Amber Heard's sister. Apparently, she will testify that she was there or witnessed some of this um, either violent activity, violent words, or you know, consistent um, testimony regarding his regarding his demeanor, which from her perspective, Amber's perspective, Johnny's behavior was bad behavior was largely fueled by a combination of drugs and alcohol. Right. So she's going to get witnesses up there to corroborate her story. She needs that corroboration because some of her testimony so far, um, from what I understand, has strayed from what she has talked about in the past. So is she inventing new facts? Is she right. is she vamping up there because she's nervous or she's trying to fill every hole that could possibly exist? Um, the longer you're up on the stand, you know, it's fatiguing. You say things and maybe you make a mistake and now you don't want to backtrack. You want to try to continue on. And uh, I'm not saying she's doing that, but when a witness does that, invariably they make it worse for themselves. Folks, we're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dutt. Tim, I'm just curious, there's been a lot of talk this week, especially uh, locally with voting and certain voting legislations. And and I want to give credit, actually, Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal. I wrote a piece on the Providence Journal and, and uh, some of the provisions that, you know, they, they threaten all these things, a penalty of perjury and so forth. But you start to realize Rhode Island is out of step with Massachusetts and Connecticut, and they can have all these different provisions, but if there's no mechanism to check up on it or enforce it, or you, you can have whatever you want, if there's no teeth to some of these things, if no one's ever being investigated or convicted of it, then there's no end to the amount of threat of penalty that you can have. 
Well, to, um, you deserve um, kudos and compliments because your op-ed was very well uh, set forth. You hit all the appropriate points. And so far, no one has come forward to successfully rebut the no. concerns that you've raised. Yep. Uh, Kathy Gregg did a nice job um, yeah. going through what the legislation is and what uh, the Secretary of State's office says. And I believe within the Greg article, uh, Senator Ewer, who yeah. is one of the biggest abusers, I think, of yeah. the current system, um, said, well, I'm, she would be rebutting, you know, the concerns raised in the DePietro editorial. I don't think she's done it yet. No, um, I don't think she will do it. And, you know, the Secretary of State's office says, well, you know, uh, people get these, ident they can get a driver's license if they're not here legally or if they're not registered to vote and you can't use that to vote. Well, why not? Well, because right. it would be illegal. Well, what's the enforcement <laughs> mechanism? None. It's absurd. It is. And, you know, they're talking about they don't have machines that can cross check or verify signatures. What's the difference if there's no witnesses and no notary right. clause necessary they don't know who's signing. They don't no. know where they're signing. They don't know if somebody else is signing for them. There's no way to verify this thing. And, you know, the talking point is uh, everyone should be able to vote. It should be easy to vote. Well, I don't know that we need the amount of um, time before the actual election day to have early voting with no rules, no way to enforce it, no restrictions on ballot harvesting, none of the provisions that could possibly make this legitimate. So after this next election cycle, when people start saying voter fraud again, um, you know, if, if we don't have in this country um, confidence that our voting systems are legitimate and there's not fraud and we lose faith in the, the election process, let alone who we're electing. It's just another uh, element that weakens the fabric of this society. And it's, right. I see no reason for the legislation that's been put forward unless you just want to participate in fraud. Yeah. The least fraud that we ever had was when we had the old machines with that crank. Yep. The crank would open the curtain. That's you'd right. go in there, you'd flip yep. the levers... And it was very difficult to fool around with that because there was no software involved. So That's there was right. no software to manipulate. Yep. And if you wanted an absentee ballot to get one, you had to sign an affidavit saying either you were incapacitated, you were ill, or you were out of the state or out of the country. Right. Those are the reasons, not just right. because I'm lazy and I don't want to get, a, you know, get off the couch. I'll just sit here. You mail me the ballot. I don't have to do anything. Um, you give me the envelope. You prepay the postage for me. And maybe I'll put an X where you tell me to put an X and send it back. It's not a system that instills confidence. Um, there's many cynical people, rightfully so, who question what the government's doing. And this is just something else that will weaken people's confidence in the electoral process. As I said to you a couple of weeks ago, with what's going on, why even bother having the election? To say, well, the Democrats win, let's save the money on all this voting nonsense that we're going right. through. Because it's not something that can be trusted anymore. And Tim Dodd, in certain states, Florida, Texas, Georgia, they're, they're tightening up you know, the, the voting legislation to make sure that matters. Finally, speaking of Florida, just your thought on, uh, I think Governor DeSantis is just, he is dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's. First, he raised $105 million going after Disney for being woke. But this business where Governor DeSantis signed a bill guaranteeing that families could visit loved ones when in the hospital. You know, Tim Dodd, there was, there was so much agony and the anguish of family members that said, listen, you know, my loved one is, is dying here of COVID. And they were, you know, refused the right to go and say goodbye to them or comforted them in the hospital. And, uh, you know, there's, there's lasting impact and effect of that. And Governor DeSantis, I think he's demonstrating what can be done in a state when you have someone in that job, the office of governor, who's listening to the people and then wants to enact legislation to improve laws and change laws. 
Yes, I think that uh, the legislation that he pushed through that says you have the right to go visit your loved one in the hospital is um, a good thing. Certainly, there are ways to make sure if you want to go visit your loved one. You know, if it's a COVID situation, there are certainly other situations where you have to have protections, a mask, gloves, a gown. There's certainly a number of protections that can be easily instituted. Um, You know, during COVID, I know so many people who lost their loved ones, and, and it was just cruel that they couldn't get in. And the loved ones wondering why isn't my family coming to visit me and the family's agonizing because they can't yeah. say their last goodbyes or hold right. their loved one's hand or do oh, anything. Terrible. It's, it's interesting that the uh, more wins that governor DeSantis has last week, he had a win with the um, uh, election police that he pushed through yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, the success, depending on where you stand politically, he is having some success punching back against Disney and the whole um, effort to teach sexuality to kindergartners, et cetera. Um, The more successes he has, the media uh, seems to have more of a distaste for him. Do you see that correlation, John? It's amazing. (laughs) I do. Folks, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the Senadale revival Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence.